Good afternoon. You are listening to Resonance 104.4 FM and this is Art Then and Now with me, your host, Anna Gammons. This is a show where we explore art from the past and art from the present in order to understand how we as humans express ourselves through time. Now, this week, I have got one of the most exciting episodes uh, for me particularly. If you know me personally, you'll know that I am a little bit obsessed with ancient Egypt. So many, many, many of the things in our society, you know, that we celebrate in art and beyond have their rooting in ancient Egypt. And the ancient Egyptians were incredibly progressive and civilised society. But one thing we still feel about the ancient Egypt is the mystery and the magic because of the emphasis on death and spirituality. So with this in mind, the episode is themed around the Saatchi Gallery's exhibition Tutankhamun Treasures of the Golden Pharaoh, which if you haven't been walking around with your eyes and ears closed, you will have definitely heard about. And I'm going to play you some footage from the opening night of the exhibition, including some comments from museum curator Dr. Tarek Al-Awadi, and who is, does a great job of explaining why the exhibition is so exciting. And if you haven't been yet, then this is going to definitely make you want to go whether you love history or not. So I thought a little background on Tutankhamun would go down a little treat just before I start talking about this exhibition. Now, Tutankhamun, or the Boy King, is the most famous, well, probably the most famous pharaoh of the ancient civilization. Now, he inherited the throne at about eight or nine years old and was the last of his royal family to rule during the end of the 18th dynasty. Now he met he went on to marry his half sister which I know it was it was allowed back then um, there's a lot of incest actually in his family but he went on to marry his sister and reigned for about 9 years before his sudden death which most egyptologists put it down to his ongoing ill health and potentially malaria as well that he might have contracted during his reign but he did do a lot to restore the ancient Egyptian religion after his father tried to dissolve it and you know along with this he also destroyed lots of monuments that would and so Tutankhamun restored these monuments as well which were damaged during the Amarna period too. But the story you may have heard is about his discovery in 1922 by Howard Carter, who was on an expedition funded by Lord Carnarvon. It made world news and sparked a completely new age of Egypt mania. So this perfectly preserved tomb, which had been unentered by humans for thousands of years, contained three, sorry, I was going to say three, 5,398 artefacts. That is a heck of a lot of artefacts. Some were small, like food, drink, jewellery, perhaps um, little monuments. And some things were absolutely huge. There were beds, there were thrones, and some things were completely made of gold. Now, the public were mesmerised by the abundance of artefacts found in the burial chambers of the king. And even now, that gold mask worn by Tutankhamun in his death is one of the most recognisable cultural symbols in our society. So here is what international Egyptologist, archaeologist and curator of the museum, Dr Tarek El-Awadi, had to say about the opening night of the Saatchi Gallery exhibition, Tutankhamun, Treasures of the Golden Pharaoh. This is the magical evening, you know, today we are 
celebrating King Tut in London. This is a very special uh, event. The king is here, and this is the last tour of Tutankhamun. So that, once again, was Dr. Tarek El Awadi. Now, the exhibition runs from the 2nd of November 2019 to the 3rd of May 2020, and it commemorates the 100th year anniversary of the discovery of Tutankhamun's tomb. It finishes in 2022, which is when 100 years after he was discovered in his tomb. And it is the final chance to see the World Heritage artefacts before they return to Egypt forever. People, uh, when they arrive, they go to the galleries and they see the shiny gold of Tutankhamun and you can see in their eyes, you know, the uh, admiration and the, uh, they, everyone is inspired with the gold of Tutankhamun, the story of Tutankhamun and this is uh, one of the moments, you know, one cannot forget. So as I mentioned, there were there were 5,398 items found in the tomb, including the sarcophagi of the deceased pharaoh, which was, you know, included a solid gold coffin. You know, this this no expense is spared here with this burial chamber. It is quite lavish. And there's, you know, separate canopic jars that contained his different organs. There are two life-size statues guarding the entrance to the tomb as well. There are thrones, there are weapons, there's food and drink, there are instruments and bed linen, and of course, some servants because you know you need servants if you're going to be heading to the afterlife now the ancient Egyptians believed that the things they were buried with would help them in the afterlife when they reached their destination and the idea is they're buried with all the things that they might need so that's why you know you're not just buried with just you and yourself you're bar- you're buried with a load of other things you know things such as weapons food and drink instruments because you're going to need those things in the afterlife to kind of hunt and gather and survive really really interesting conception of what the afterlife means too and it actually took Howard Carter 10 years to catalog to catalog all of the items as well now before I give my take on the exhibition which you know I love to do I'm all about giving my opinions here are some more here's some more footage of the opening night and this is the audience reaction to the exhibit enjoy well I'm hoping to see Tutankhamun of course Um, I've never been to anything like this before, so I'm just really excited. Hopefully I'll learn a few more things than they taught us in school. Amazing, it's so extraordinary. I haven't haven't seen it in like 20 years or 30 years, so it's wonderful to be back again. Wow, yeah, it's it's amazing. Particularly amazing is the condition of everything. It's amazing, it's lasted three and a half thousand years, amazing. It's a must see, it's really beautiful. I think anyone who comes will love it. It's, it's unbelievable. The effort that's been put into this show, bringing you know, 3,000 years of history to the present and to the future, like we're almost there. I mean, it's just really, really groundbreaking exhibition. Really happy to be here. I would say, I would say plan your schedule and, and, and plan not to miss this exhibition. It was really magical. It felt like we were transported back in time. And it's so amazing to see all of the King Tut's uh, original pieces from his tomb in London. It's really magical. It's a, don't miss it. It's really an unmissable exhibition. Absolutely, yes. It was, it was amazing. It was really nice. And I, I, I would advise anyone who hasn't seen it yet to come and have a look. The actual tomb, the actual, his actual body, the accessories on his uh, coffin. It's impressive. The level of details in, in, in jewelries and everything, it's, it's really amazing, it's impressive. I mean, the level of detail and, and the quality, and, and like, they're in such good condition, it's just unbelievable that they've survived all these thousands of years. 
it, it is a must go. It's, it's here for six six months, another six months. So, whomever haven't seen it yet, it's probably the, the best opportunity to do it because I've heard it's coming back to to Egypt forever. So it's not going to move after that. So it's now or never. I love the fact that they're like, it's now or never. It, it really, really is. I mean, this is very exciting. I remember my dad telling me that this exhibition was around in the 80s where you could see, you know, um, the mask and Tutankhamun himself. But I think it is, you know, a really wonderful thing to go and see. And it's a very good point made by the last couple there that the artifacts are in incredible condition. And you actually can't believe how, how old they are. And, you know, some of them date back, you know, 5,000 years ago. And it, some of them, like they were made yesterday, is quite unreal. But, you know, as I previously mentioned this tomb was completely undisturbed for thousands of years which is madness so you can see why it's such an incredible thing for historians because there is no better collection of untouched items that detail the lifestyle of an entire civilization you can see what their religion was what their daily practice was what burials were like and what self-adornments were important as well you essentially have this undisturbed you know setting this this like mini little microcosm of ancient Egyptian life where everything is preserved. Completely amazing. I've got some final clips of reactions and, and what people were saying on the night, uh, on opening night of the show. And then I'm going to talk you through the exhibition and, you know, what I thought about it. It's, uh, it's good to see the show in London. So I've seen the show before in Cairo and it's good to see it in London. All the jewellery are incredible. Yes. The, the day the bed is a, a, a thing which makes you dream. Yeah. I think the luxury of going through all these artifacts is incredible. It's, it, it never makes a, the thing. You yeah. need to see the objects. Really lovely evening. Really enjoyed the exhibits, uh, this opening, very grand. Had a great time seeing a lot of the artifacts from Egypt and Tutankhamun. So really excited to see uh, the gallery that's open. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's something about being there right in front of it, just mere inches from your face, and you cannot believe some of these things are 5,000 years old. It's hard, like, they, they, they just leave, leave an impression on you that you guys, like, you, you can only see it in real life, and that's the only way to experience it. So. Atmosphere, like I said. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic to be a part of history. It's the most remarkable thing. There is nothing like seeing the artifacts and feeling the human connection with the people who made them thousands of years ago in a different time and place and feeling like as fellow humans there is a connection across time to them. Absolutely do it. It is life-changing. Oh, it's completely different and I think it gives people a taste of what visiting Egypt is like, which is really the ultimate uh, culmination of, of anybody who loves Egyptian history and uh, Egyptian archaeology. This is a beautiful taste of what we have in Egypt and hopefully we can encourage more people to come visit our country. It's, what's great is that there's so many people uh, from around the world here, not just Egyptians, which is nice, and to have so much interest from the British community is also wonderful to see. I think it's so important because these exhibitions, you know, these are truly beautiful artifacts from our country and uh, they're only here for a limited time. So for people who won't be able to come to Egypt, they're seeing it in a, in a, actually in a much richer way in a way because here it's fewer items and they're displayed more spread out. You know, we have so many in Egypt that you don't actually see all the beauty of each item as, as, as in such a detailed way like you can see here. So definitely, I think it's a must-visit exhibition. Ah, it's absolutely amazing. The fact that these artifacts are that old and in this great a condition 
and all in one place, it's an amazing experience. You just don't understand the detail and the intricacy and the, um, the, just the amount of work that goes into these. And when you think about how long ago it was, again, just to be in the presence in real life, something you never expect to see and when you do, it's, it's even more uh, awe-inspiring in person. History, and uh, it's nice that there is <laughs> this exhibition in, in England uh, to just show the heritage and culture of Egypt. Well, I think the pharaohs is a very, very important uh, part of, of the Egyptian history, uh, whether it's uh, their jewelry or the music or their culture or their art, it's, it is very important and underestimated. And I just think, I mean, this exhibition blew me away. I did not expect this at all. And it's very nicely curated and uh, very well thought of. And I think people who cannot visit Egypt, they can come to the Saatchi and visit this exhibition. So we brought the pharaohs to London. <laughs> uh, I thought it was great. The exposition was really clear. Uh, we could, we learned lots about Egypt and the Tutankhamun and no, it was really fantastic. I really loved it. Good afternoon, you are listening to Resonance 104.4 FM and this is Art Then and Now. I hope you enjoyed some of the reactions that there were to the show. We're talking about Tutankhamun, the tre- sorry, uh, Sochi exhibition, Tutankhamun, Treasures of the Golden Pharaoh. Absolutely incredible exhibition. I was fortunate enough to go and see it myself and it did absolutely blow me away as well. And as you know, I do love to share my opinion on this show. So here is what I thought of the Saatchi Gallery exhibition. Now I put some fun Egyptian music in the background because I thought that might uh, that might be quite entertaining to talk about it with the kind of feel and the vibe that you get when you're sort of walking around the exhibit because there's some really cool low lighting that totally sets the mood. You know, I I thought it was to sort of make it feel intimate and maybe a bit spooky, but in reality, it's probably to preserve the artifacts. So there you go. We've got some fun music for me to talk about the exhibition now. First thing is first, get an audio guide. There is so much to read and get your head around. So this really, really helps. Plus you get little insights into the mind of the curator and also little extra information too. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, press this button if you want to hear more about... Um, I don't know, the, the canopic jars or, you know, the bar and car and what these things mean. So, yeah, definitely get an audio guide. That is um, a definite. Now, I don't want to ruin it for anyone, and I won't, uh, but the exhibition starts really fun, you guys. It's very immersive and you're going to love the start of it. You really feel like you are traveling back in time and you're not in a museum or gallery. It does feel very interactive. So strong start to the exhibition. As I mentioned before, there's an appropriate level of low lighting, so you really feel like you're. It's a bit disorientating at first, but then you know you really get into it, and it's absolutely fab. Now, the exhibition is peppered with quotes from the Book of the Dead and other various religious texts, which I loved because it was kind of like this is the guide to get to the afterlife uh, for ancient Egyptians. But for us, it was you know 
it was really, really interesting because, you know, the quotes still resonate today. It really made me think about my own conceptions of mortality. And it's crazy that we're talking about thousands and thousands of years ago, but really our questions and the answers that we have tried to provide are essentially the same. I mean, this show is called Art Then and Now, and I spend so much time banging on about the fact that art from the past and art from the present is very, very similar and that we as humans haven't really changed that much. But this exhibition does an incredible job of making us feel connected to the past in that way and you know you see the beautiful artwork and how the dead are commemorated and how you know the mighty and the bold are celebrated and it really really doesn't look that much different to the way that we do things now so it was incredibly interesting for that reason now I mentioned the book of the dead this is just in case you might not know it's it's essentially a how-to guide about how to pass safely through the gates to the gates of eternity how to pass through the afterlife but it's in the form of like a fun spell book um so think harry potter slash the bible slash other religious texts it's kind of a mesh of all those different um of all those different things it's it's quite amazing to see and as i said the exhibition is peppered with these quotes now each different room boasts a full collection of artifacts and like the aforementioned i spoke about so there's life-size guards and that were guarding the antechamber and you see this like as i said life-size guard it's quite something special it's thousands of years old and it's it's bigger than me and it's incredibly intact it is quite something but you see also the real adornments that covered Tutankhamun's body the most incredible you know gold strappings that held his body in and you know decorated things and you know the sandals as well this was really weird for me seeing the sandals because they look like the sort of sandals that you might buy today like they were sort of papyrus leaves and they had like an outer coating and a little bit of gold and I was like you know what I would wear those I would wear those on holiday so that was really really strange for me um but yes and then you see of course the canopic jars as well which were incredibly they were so detailed and there's a video explaining how the organs of the deceased king were contained and stored in these beautiful gold containers but the fun thing is it's like a sort of a russian doll situation because you have one jar and then it fits into another jar and then it fits into a box and then that fits into another box and it is wow i mean elaborate is is quite the word here but one other thing i really really loved was that there is a story that we've heard, you know, I told you about the discovery um, Lord Carnarvon funded the exhibition, um, sorry, the excavation. And then Howard Carter was the man who found the tomb. But actually, it, it's a little bit more complicated to that. There was a boy who has been named the Water Boy. And there was a dedicated space in the exhibition to naming who actually was, it was that discovered the, the first step of the tomb. So the boy's name is Hussein Abdel Razul and he was bringing water to the workers who were excavating and actually found the first step as I said that led down into the underground tomb and before now he is referred to in popular culture as the water boy but as I said there is a space dedicated to him and I really liked that kind of he was celebrated in his own right as you know really contributing to history in this way as well. Now, I mentioned the spirituality of ancient Egypt, which is so important. And there were rituals in the afterlife and they all find their rooting in the teachings and faith that circulated. And it can be a little confusing with all the gods and their human animal representations, too. 
But some of the beliefs are really, really quite profound and, as I mentioned earlier, resonate thousands of years later in our own culture too. They talk about, you know, the body as being a separate entity to the soul and how the two can come together. And a lot of the gods are personified. A lot of them are presented as animals and they represent different things. And um, the gods can kind of combine. And it's it's a really, really beautiful thing. And, you know, I, for a culture that's thousands and thousands of years old, I, I found it completely mesmerizing that actually these things are really, really so relevant today. So absolutely amazing for me now i think you've probably got more than enough reasons to go and see the exhibition have i made myself clear about how much i loved it but to summarize you're you're part of history you're heading you know it's heading to egypt forever after this tour and it isn't going to come back so definitely go and see it there is so much to see as well you definitely get your money's worth too and also the way it's been curated is particularly impressive as it's not just a museum it's like a multimedia experience and it is really really captivating for every generation too so as i said apart from seeing shiny beautiful things that you cannot believe were made thousands of years ago by human hands i got a little clip here about what the importance of having exhibitions like this is so here is the ambassador for egypt for the uk detailing you know why it's important that we still host these kinds of exhibitions well, the importance of having exhibitions like this coming uh, from Egypt is that it gives uh, publicity to Egypt. It gives uh, 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 publicity to uh, what we have to offer, uh, which is uh, much more uh, back home if you come and visit, uh, be it in uh, Cairo, Alexandria, Luxor, Aswan. Uh, there is much more to see uh, back in Egypt. This is just, uh, as many say, is uh, a teaser. I love that. And hopefully, you know, the exhibition will kind of be great for tourism. It has been a lifelong dream of mine to see the Pyramids of Giza and the Royal Tombs and, of course, the River Nile too. So if anything, this exhibition really bumped up that a trip to Egypt is 100% on my priority list. So I've sort of bookended it with final words from the curator, Dr. Tarek El Awadi and he talks about uh, you know what you can expect when you go to see this exhibition. When people visited the exhibition they leave with uh, answers to some of the questions on Tutankhamun, his life and his death but I'm sure that there will be still many questions without answers and this is part of the magic of Tutankhamun. Love that. There you go. And it really is magical. um, I have to say, like, as I said, I love Egyptology. I'm a big, big fan. So, you know, I'm very biased, but I have to say it was absolutely amazing. Now, you can buy tickets to the exhibition on the Saatchi Gallery website and it is only going to be there until May. So if you haven't already bought your ticket, definitely, definitely do do that because it is well, well worth seeing. Now we have a little bit of time for some art in the news too. Um, some of these art stories are absolutely hilarious, so bear with me on this one. But um, yes, here we go, art in the news. So, first and foremost, mud wasps are being used to date Aboriginal art in Australia. How cool and weird is that? So essentially I read up on this story because there's a telecoms engineer, Damien Finch, 
who went travelling in Australia only to find that as you know we know that kind of marginalized cultures don't always get the press that they should and don't get the recognition and the funding and things like that so he was really really surprised to hear that not a lot was known about aboriginal cave paintings particularly in the kimberley region and more specifically the guan figures which is these really really ancient um, paintings from around twelve thousand years ago oh man this episode really is about ancient culture <laughs> and it's there the paintings are of humans carrying spears and boomerangs in elaborate dress. Now, they can be radiocarbon dated more easily using organic matter found underneath the surface and above the surface of the paintings from, get it, nests made by mud wasps. I mean, it's crazy. It's so interesting. But essentially, the wasps use the same sort of organic matter to create their nests that are, you know, these paintings, as, as I said, before or after. So if the nest is underneath the painting, we know the nest is older, we can we can essentially radiocarbon date the nest. And if it's older than the painting, i.e. it's sitting behind the painting, then we can, you know, work out how old these incredible works are too. So very, very cool news there. Now, the Year Art Gallery in Queens, New York, is set to host an exhibition of 40 works made by Turkish art director Fevzi Yazini, who is currently in prison in Istanbul on terrorism charges. Now, I saw this and I thought it was really, really interesting. Now, not knowing a whole lot about how the law works over in Turkey, I still thought it was incredibly interesting that New York had chosen to put this exhibition out. And it's, you know, it's a very political exhibition too. Now the show Dark, it's called Dark White and it will be, it's on now until the 14th of March and presents works drawn using pen and paper whilst the ex-art director was in prison. So Yazini was the designer of the newspaper Zaman, which was shut down by the Turkish government in July 2016. And his drawings are incredibly Dali-esque. They're very dreamlike. You know, they can be a little bit confusing. Um, You know, they have very abstract themes and otherworldly qualities to them too. And they often represent more sort of psychological states, which is particularly poignant um, considering that he's in prison and, and what that means for him, you know, having that experience too. And, you know, I often say that art should, you know, be, you know, an expression of one's inner psychology. Um, it usually is without even meaning to be. So, you know, if you've ever wondered what it must be like being in prison, well, I mean, I think this guy's probably going to take a good crack at allowing us to see the inside of that, of what that mindset means. So if you can make it over to New York, definitely go see that. You might already be in New York, in which case I'm incredibly jealous. Um, definitely pop along and see that. That is the Y-E-H Art Gallery in Queens in Brooklyn. Now, my next story is that despite protests and fears of the coronavirus spreading from China, the former French Prime Minister Dominique de Villepin and his son Arthur are set to open a new gallery on Hollywood Road in Hong Kong in March. Now, featured artists will be based on the network of friends that the pair have built over their travels. And I think the idea is the space is going to be really clean and really modern to fit with that sort of the new branding. And the launch of the event will be dedicated to the late Chinese French painter Zhao Wuqi with whom the pair had a very, very close relationship. So the exhibition is entitled Friendship and Reconciliation and 
there are going to be works in the exhibition of various mediums, but they're going to be priced between 60,000 euros and 10 million. So once again, my advice, if you can get to Hong Kong and you're lucky enough to be there, maybe go and see that because that sounds incredibly interesting. Um, any art galleries in Hong Kong, you know, I, I hear very good things as well. I think it's uh, it's one of those places where they're very, very keen to sort of indulge in those cultural escapades and, and really sort of appreciate art, which is amazing. It's, you know, an incredibly multicultural city too which is very exciting but of course everybody's talking about the coronavirus now as well so be very careful if you are heading into Hong Kong it is one of the most affected areas for the virus so that is my advice careful careful but maybe you know if, if art's worth it to you definitely take a trip and go and see this gallery too Now that is pretty much all we've got time for this afternoon but you may have noticed that I've titled if you're looking on the website this is part one of Tutankhamun and next week we have Tutankhamun part two which features my interview with artist Kate Dowdy who rep- who responded specifically to the Tutankhamun exhibition for her show and it's on the second floor of the Saatchi Gallery and so I'm really really excited that I am going to be having a chat with her and we're going to be talking about her response to the ancient Egyptian civilization. So thank you very much for listening this week to Art Then and Now with me, Anna Gammons. To contact the show, please visit Anna Gammons Art on Instagram where you can DM me. There is a Facebook site too and you can also send me an email at anagammonsart at gmail.com. There'll be sneaky peeks of what's coming up on each week's show on my Instagram. But see you next week at 3.30 on Resonance 104.4 FM for more Art Then and Now.